loan officers. Join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation. All right, so welcome everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey. I am the COO of the Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. We are a correspondent lender, and every Tuesday and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, we do our loan officer training series. We do a new training topic for loan officers, a deep dive into a different training topic, and today's topic is going to be verifying employment for self-employed borrowers. So, our sales manager, Jose, with 28 years of experience as a loan officer and a realtor, will walk us through it. So, Jose, if you're ready, let's talk about verifying employment for self-employed borrowers. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us for tonight's training. Uh, we have definitely been adding value with a lot of these processes. Ho hopefully, I know, not hopefully, I know everybody's out there is appreciating how we are connecting all of the dots in all of these loan processes to make sure that you can all close your files on time, right? The last one there for the verification of mortgage really hit home in the office on a couple of files. I'm sure glad that uh, those MLOs saw the training and jumped on getting those verification of mortgages right away before it became a problem to not be able to close their file on time. So this is another um, uh, process here that can be a little bit confusing because today is how to complete a verbal verification of employment, also known as a VVOE for self-employed borrowers. It's a little bit different than the process that is completed uh, for a non-self-employed borrower due to the different challenges that we can that we can face when trying to get this verification completed. Uh, the biggest challenge probably would be if we have a borrower who's a one-man shop, right? You don't have an HR department that you can reach out to or a controller, right? So that's that's one of the challenges and that's exactly why we're here tonight to show you the different ways that you can do this for the different loan types that you have out there to ensure that you're not scratching your head and saying, how do I do a verbal verification of employment for my borrower? He's an employee of himself, right? So let's get right into it and see where we are today. Okay, there we go. So let's get down to the basics here and first explain what exactly is a verbal verification of employment. You'll probably see it in your loan approval as a VVOE. Now, normally the verbal verification of employment is completed within 10 days of the note date. That's usually what it's going to say on your approval. And the note date is the closing date because that's the date the note is created and signed, right? So within 10 days of your of your note date, you have to do this process. Now, for self-employed borrowers, it's a little bit different. And sometimes in some cases it'll say 120 days. You know, they they want to know that the business is active. 
that the borrower is still employed doing that business, right? That's the key component here. But the verbal verification of employment is a process used within the mortgage industry as a means to confirm that the borrower is still actively employed. And in this case, since we're talking about a self-employed borrower, actively employed in the same business, the same entity. It's critical. Can't have changed businesses uh, in the middle of the loan file and expect to be able to close if all of a sudden we have a verbal verification of employment that says now he's not, the borrower doesn't own ABC business. Now the borrower is uh, owns XYZ business for two weeks. Oh no. Now we got to start vetting that new business and that would definitely be a deal killer. So why do we need this verbal verification of employment? Well, it's pretty obvious, right? Underwriting needs to confirm that underwriter person, right? The one that sometimes gives us the headaches needs to confirm, or at least we think they give us the headaches, but a lot of times it's not them doing it. Underwriter needs to confirm that the borrower is employed beyond the closing date. That's for the normal VVO, verbal verification of employment. In this case, if the borrower is employed in their current business beyond the closing date. And this is a condition for every loan that is an employment type loan, right? Where income is being used from the borrower's employment. So this is going to be a condition for every loan that has personal income and will not, you are not you will not be able to close your loan without. Now, there are multiple ways to verify. Ooh, and I have a typo there is to verify the employment. You're talking about we can have an actual verbal verification of employment form. We can actually we can have a letter from a tax preparer slash accountant slash CPA, any of those. We can have a bank statement or transaction history with recent activity dated within the last 10 days. Or we can have a printout from the state corporate website showing that the entity is still active. So let's cover, <coughs> excuse me, let's cover the first one here. Sorry about that, folks. So the verbal verification of employment form would probably be one of the easiest ways to get it done. However, this is only possible when the borrower's company, the one that the borrower owns, can verify the info by a third party, like a controller, human resources, or something of that matter. The form cannot be verified by the borrower themselves, like you or your processor cannot call the borrower and say, hey, can I ask you this information? And the form can also not be verified by a, a family member if that borrower, um, if the business, right, is a, like a family-held business or Maybe it's a family member, the one that's in that position that can verify the information. That that's not going to work because that would that there could be a potential conflict of interest there that would make the loan a non arms length transaction. Well, that's a mouthful, a tongue twister, right? 
that would make the, the, it possibly a non-arm's length transaction when you have your, for example, the spouse verifying, verbally verifying the employment for the borrower, right? That's just not going to work. It has to be a, a third party, not not uh, connected to the loan in any way. That's why, you know, normally this option is not possible because a lot of the self-employed borrowers that we do get don't tend to have a big corporation with hundreds of employees, with, with a controller and all that kind of stuff. So, but if you do have the borrower that does have that type of a business structure, you or your processor would be able to have this form completed. You would complete it as your, you make the call and you would sign it and that would satisfy your condition. So this is one good way of doing it. Now, another way I mentioned the letter from the tax preparer slash accountant slash CPA. That's why I put there in parentheses, CPA letter, right? Um, you're going to find in a lot of the guidelines out there that they're going to state CPA, but they really don't mean just a CPA. It just happens to be that CPA is easy, easier to put in there than tax preparer or accountant or CPA, right? So they just put CPA, but they don't mean just a CPA. Now, if it is a tax preparer, they have to have a PTIN, which is an, identifi an identifying number that shows that they are registered as tax preparers with the IRS. So that's an essential component to verifying this. They just can't be a financial advisor that does taxes because if they don't have that PTIN, if you can't verify a license, uh, if you know that they really are what they are, then the letter is basically going to be worthless. So the now, what does the the letter have to state? Pretty basic stuff, right? The business is still active. Uh, it can state the borrower's percentage of ownership in the business and how long they have owned the business. That's nice standard stuff to put in the letter, but most importantly, that the business is still active. And extremely important, the letter needs to be dated within the time frame that your loan approval states. So if the loan approval states that this document has to be, uh, or this process has to be completed no more than 10 days from the note date, you can't provide a letter dated three weeks ago to meet this condition now right the letter has to be dated within the time frame of the approval so that's the key and some of them again some of them say 120 days some of them say 10 days it's really going to depend on your approval so do read the fine print of the approval and make sure that the document that you are providing falls within the needed time frame now this is one of the you know easier way to do it but i recently had a loan where the borrower said you know jose i I don't use an accountant. This happened to be a bank statement loan also, by the way. So in, in other words, the VVOE is not just for full doc loans, right? It's for any loan where you're using the borrower's income to qualify. So in this case, I had a bank statement loan. 
So tax returns were not needed to be provided and the borrower uh, self-prepared their tax returns. So they're like, Jose, I don't have an accountant. I don't have a CPA. I don't know what to do. So this is really um, useful uh, guidance that we're providing tonight because you're going to find yourself in that situation more times than not. Either that or their their accountant may not want to provide a letter or maybe they're going to charge them $500 for the letter and they don't want to pay it, right? So we got to give them options, work around. So this is the CPA quote unquote letter option, even though this option wasn't viable for my last loan. So I use one of the options. So now another way to verify the third method that we have uh, to verify uh, employment verbally, quote unquote, is with a bank statement or transaction history, obviously in the name of the business. So this has to be a business bank statement or a transaction history. If uh, the business bank statement provided is more than 10 days old, and remember it's 10 days from the note date. So if you provide a document today that's already eight days old and your note date is in seven days, guess what? The closer of is going to hit you with that condition as a funding condition. You may clear that condition as an underwriting condition to get your clear to close here, but now when you when the deal goes to close and they see, hey, hold up a minute, we're fun. This is the note date is going to be um, February 29 to say a date, and this letter or this transaction history is dated February 15th. But on the 22nd, it was fine the day that you were looking to get the clear to close, but it's not going to fly to be able to get funding, right? So prior to funding that loan, they'll most likely tell you we need the verbal verification of employment. Or in some cases, they may even do it prior to docs, right? So now we're creating these docs, but before we release them, we need that verbal verification of employment in whatever is the acceptable manner. So you may have to provide a new printout or you may have to provide a new accountant letter or whatever was the method that you use provided again. So in this case, our bank statement or transaction history would be dated within the last 10 days showing business activity, which is the key. Now, you got to have deposits on the statement or you got to have deposits on the transaction history or else there's no business activity being shown. You can't just say, hey, here's a transaction history for this borrower or and, and with no transactions in the last 10 days or when, whatever is the time frame we're looking for, it's not going to work. So be aware of what you are providing. And when using this uh, method to verbally verify, uh, to meet the condition, let's call it that, you are going to have to provide a processor cert to certify the data and the process, you're basically dotting your I's and crossing your T's, your T's, restating the obvious. Yes, it's obvious that this is a bank statement, right? Or obvious that this is a transaction history. But what are you presenting this transaction history for or this bank statement for? And that's where you do your process of CERD to underwriting from Jose Gonzalez regarding uh, verbal verification of employment for borrower. 
And then I would probably write on that processor cert. Uh, we have provided a transaction history showing business activity for the last 10 days from the borrower's business checking account. You will note that we have transactions dated from February 21st through February 27th, assuming that I gave that document today, right? Uh, best regards, Jose Gonzalez, right? And then I'm going to turn in that processor cert along with the transaction history or the bank statement. And that should meet the condition. But remember, if you are turning in the bank statement, hopefully it's because the bank statement was just cut yesterday and it's on, or two or three days ago, and it will be viable eight or nine days from now. If not, if the bank statement, like I was stating a couple minutes ago, is from seven days ago and your closing is probably not going to be for another five or six days, then you would probably be it would probably be best to provide the transaction history that would be dated let's say yesterday or hopefully hot off the press the borrower went to the bank or and got it this morning or got it from their um online account today but i will state the following when providing a transaction history right if the transaction history is from uh, you know, the borrower went to their bank and asked hey, for the transactions in the last 10 days, make sure that the bank stamps it and initial it. They got a little stamp that puts like the name of the bank and the initial of the person that gave it. And that validates that it's a genuine document. If they happen to get the transaction history from their online account, then you have to make sure that the document that you're provided by the borrower has the URL for the online bank account, either on the bottom of the page or in the top of the page. That's usually where the URLs will appear. If you provide just a PDF document that doesn't have the URL, they're probably not going to accept it uh, as valid. So keep that in mind when providing bank uh, uh, transaction histories to verify this information. And the reason is usually that the transaction history doesn't have enough identifying information. And then the last way, and this is the one that I ended up using for uh, my bank statement loan, you can obtain, uh, you can meet the verbal verification of employment condition by providing information from the state's corporate website. So for example, for Florida, we have sunbiz.org, right? So we go to that website and we can do a search, right? We're gonna click search records. And then when you click search records, you're gonna input the name of the business, the entity name in there, you're gonna click search and then it's gonna pop up the listing for that business. And it's going to say if the business is active. That's it. If that business is still active, that's good enough. You can print that information. You can also provide your processor cert. Again, we're tying it all in together here, right? Connecting the dots for the underwriter, leaving no stone unturned, nothing to doubt, 
We're going to tell them exactly what we are turning in, why we are turning it in, and why it meets the condition, right? The business is active. So we're going to write our processor cert, again, to underwriting from Jose regarding uh, verbal verification of, of business still being active. And then you're going to write a little, uh, little one or two, three-sentence letter there stating, restating what you're turning in and why it meets the condition. So you saw here now four different ways that we can verify the existence of the business so that we can verify that our self-employed borrower is still actively self-employed in that business. All different ways, right? Uh, we, we have the form that was for if it's a large business or if it's a business that's structured, let's put it that way, with you know people like a controller or HR that can uh, verify the information without a conflict of interest. We're talking about verifying it with an accountant letter. We talked about verifying it with a bank statement or transaction history. And lastly here, we talked about verifying it via the state corporate website. So be aware, this is going to be a condition on every loan that you get. Uh, in this case, on every self-employed borrower loan that you get. So don't wait too late to start setting up the, you know, to start putting things in motion to get what you need. And also don't pull the trigger too quick. And then all of a sudden have a document that's expired and you're going to have to ask for it all over again because that that borrower's accountant is going to get a little upset if the borrower goes back up to them and say, hey, I need another letter. You know, may, they may not want to give it. <laughs> all right. I don't see any questions here in the chat. Nope, no questions. All right, so I guess we'll wrap it up. Good training there, Jose. Definitely something we all need to know, especially with us at the Mortgage Calculator, dealing with so many non-QM loans, that's for sure. So remember, we do this every Tuesday and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern where we go through a new loan officer training topic. So we'll be back tomorrow with a new topic. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Thanks for the presentation, Jose. We'll see you all tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the next episode of the Loan Officer Training Series with the Mortgage Calculator. Have a great night, everyone. Have a great evening. Loan officers, join the Mortgage Calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation.